I have to say, all of those warning sirens going off must mean this is an important sermon. So I hope all of you are listening here and online right now. (laughs) I came home yesterday afternoon following the church's funeral planning workshop and what was only my second time in nine months of getting to visit someone in the hospital to find my wife Audrey being expertly guided and coached by her good friend and that excellent Bible reader this morning, Ashlyn Curran, in a decluttering and a reorganizing of our home's laundry room. Now, like most laundry rooms, I'm sure, probably yours as well, our laundry room has become the catch-all for just about everything in our home. It presently houses a lot of Aoife's growing toy collection. It has most of Audrey's craft supplies and our family toolbox and all of our household cleaning paraphernalia. And it also contains a whole lot of the books I keep at home and musical instruments I like to play. If we need to clean up our living room quickly for guests stopping by unannounced, or if we just want to get some of the mess off the dining room table and out of sight, we tend to just pick it up throw it into the laundry room and be done with it. So when I got home, Audrey was right in the middle of attacking it. I think I carried out, before the day was done, three or four large trash bags full of stuff and who knows how much boxes for recycling. And we still have most of our kitchen table this morning covered by more items from the closet that is in that room that actually holds the washer and the dryer. But what is amazing, I think, is that now we can actually see the wall again inside of that closet. And what's even better is that we have begun to clear the way for better storage, for easy access, and for more space for the stuff we might actually use and need in our house. Well, it's cleared up, that is, until my mom calls and says she's coming down for Christmas and we pile up all the junk mail and all the school supplies and throw them back into the laundry room. But that's just how human life is, isn't it? We collect things or we decide we aren't ready to throw things away or we just feel we could use all of those old magazines and copies of the San Marco resident that we never throw away for some important weird reason. And so our homes and our lives get cluttered and messy. Things in our very physical and material culture can certainly be wonderful. But I think all of you would agree with me that they can also become an illness when we suddenly find out that we cannot be parted from our things. Maybe it's because we spent some money on those things, or maybe it's because they're attached to memories or moments in our lives that we're just not ready to let go of yet. Whatever it is, things can accumulate, and slowly over time, things can begin to bury us, and not just in our attics or laundry rooms, but in our own lives. When my mother came down this past summer for a very quick visit with us, she brought something with her that I myself had all but forgotten existed from my past. In a nice gallon-sized Ziploc bag, my mom always packs everything in Ziploc bags, she handed me my old Boy Scout hat from when I must have been 13 or 14 years old. But what made that old baseball cap so cool 
is that on the bill of that hat, it had a burnt brand in it made with a hot iron and the symbol of the Philmont Ranch, one of the Boy Scouts' most beautiful and rugged high adventure camps located out in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains of New Mexico. One of the last things that I had done as a Boy Scout before I started thinking about girls and getting my driver's license was making the trip out to Philmont with my Boy Scout troop for 10 days of high mountain hiking and camping. And what was even more cool than that burnt brand on that old hat was the various Japanese inscriptions and signatures that were signed in a black Sharpie marker all around the camp symbol. They were the names of a Japanese Boy Scout troop who were hiking the same trail and staying in the same camps that my own troop was staying in while we were out in New Mexico. Today, all these years later, I can't remember who it was who signed what or any of the Japanese names of the boys I met on the trail, but I do still remember the amazing experience of playing baseball with those guys out in the fields where we were camping and getting to meet and talk with the guys who were my own age but from a very far and distant country. It really was a major experience in my very early teenage years, and here was the hat that I'd worn for that entire trip. But as amazing and memorable as it was to see that hat again after nearly 30 years, as soon as my mom got in her car and drove away, I started thinking, what the world am I going to do with this hat? I mean, as cool as it was, I'd totally forgotten that I'd even had it. And obviously, if I'd forgotten about it, I certainly hadn't missed it all of those years. I mean, what do you do with a hat? Do you frame it hanging up on your wall? I don't know. So right now, at this very moment, that old hat of my youth is on top of bookshelf in, you guessed it, the laundry room. And really, that story of my old Boy Scout hat probably fits with a whole lot of old things in your own life, I bet. Things you're holding on to because they meant something to you in some important part of your past. But I have to say that regardless of what they represent, unless these were beautiful items that were literally passed down to you from your parents or your grandparents or your great-grandparents, we have to face the facts that they're just things. And sometimes those things can become clutter and they need to be thrown away. Why? Because the space that they are occupying could certainly be put to some much better use. The shelves that they're sitting on or the attic they're boxed in or the laundry room that they're piled in the corner of could be put to good use. Maybe, if nothing else, for just some fresh air in your house or for some clean emptiness. The season of Advent always applies this very discussion and consideration, the clearing of clutter and the opening up of needed space within our spiritual lives, deep within our hearts and deep within our souls. And the cleanup of the clutter and the opening up of fresh needed space is for the most important thing of all that's always trying to get inside of us, God. When we turn to that wonderful Advent reading again this morning from the prophet Isaiah, we are beginning to hear the words this version of the prophet is proclaiming to a people about to be freed from their own bondage and exile in Babylon. Whereas last Sunday the Israelites were being taken away from their homeland, this morning they are beginning to move towards their freedom to return. 
But before Yahweh can get to them and restore them and redirect them back to the promised land, the prophet is calling out to God's people to prepare the way and to clear the space for the Lord. The prophet Isaiah proclaims, Comfort, O comfort ye my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term and her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low and uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. As much as we often hear this proclamation and sometimes feel that it's calling us to make the pathway straight so that we can get to God, what Isaiah is actually doing here is crying out to the people to open up the way for God who's been trying all of this time to get to them. If you remember last week's message in Isaiah, then you should remember that the people had been overwhelmed by sin. It was this sin that cluttered and disorganized their spiritual relationship with God. And so now, after years of being in exile, God's people are nearing the decluttering of their lives. And the God who has been longing to reach them is finally being able to rush to them so that they can be fully delivered. And that same message becomes the message of the last great Hebrew prophet before Jesus, the last great prophet after Isaiah, the wild man of the wilderness, John the Baptist. This morning, the Gospel of Mark begins by taking us straight back to that very reading we just heard from Isaiah in order to reveal how important this message is again coming from John the Baptist. The Gospel this morning kicks off with this. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters, that proclamation of a baptism of repentance to wash away sins, to get the people in order is all for what is finally coming. For John the baptizer is the one sent by God to prepare the way for Jesus. And again, John the Baptist isn't preparing the way so that we can get to Jesus. He's trying to call on the people to repent and rid themselves of sin so that the way is clear and open for Jesus to get to them. And so that same message is right here and right now this morning for you and me as well. Jesus Christ is coming. He came 2,000 years ago during that first advent John the Baptist is foretelling this morning. And Jesus will come again in the future in that final advent when he will bring judgment on the world and finally reset creation to be fully restored to what it was intended to be when God made it in the beginning. But brothers and sisters, Jesus also lives out his advent with us each and every single day of our lives, trying again and again to get deeper and deeper into our hearts, to give us hope and assurance 
in these very dark and gloomy days to make sure that we are fully ready for the glory that is coming to all of us who are willing to call Jesus Lord and God. But here's the thing. Jesus is standing outside the door right now, knocking and knocking and knocking, trying to get into us, trying to get into our hearts. But if your heart is a mess, if your soul is cluttered with things that you just need to let go of and get rid of, then how in the world would Jesus ever be able to get inside? And so this Advent, we are called upon again to prepare ye the way of the Lord. So I say, spend your time staying at home and hunkering down, whether it's from the pandemic or just from holiday shopping or from whatever. Spend that time decluttering your spiritual lives. Open up your Bible and read through the prophet Isaiah again. Open up your prayer book and make some portion of that prayer book part of your daily prayers. Come pray the rosary with me on Fridays during the lunch hour. Go grab a couple of ornaments this morning off our two giving trees and then go out and spend some of your hard-earned money for a family in serious need right here in our own community. Throw out the worry, throw out the anxiety that's being brought on by the world out there and give your hearts again to Jesus for he stands at the door and knocks. And as God said through the prophet Isaiah, the grass withers The flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up and do not fear. See, the Lord God comes with might. The Lord God comes with might. Thanks be to God.